Well, uh, we're going to start this morning as we have focused on this new year as 5780, and it is the year of the mouth. And so we're going to really talk about it's in your mouth. And what we're going to focus on primarily today is alignment, alignment. Remember, we want to come into alignment with heaven, come into alignment with heaven so that we can make whatever arrangements in preparation for the supernatural promotion and positioning. If it's supernatural, it, it, that means it is not what you have done yourself. If it is supernatural, it means that's something that God could only do for you. And uh, so we're going to position ourselves and we're going to come into alignment because there is something that God has for you. Now, Psalm 81, verse 10, this is our foundational scripture. Uh, and uh, it says that, Let's read it together, champions, like you know it is the word of his power. Psalm 81, verse 10. Let's read it together now. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. What's your part? Open your mouth. And what's God's part? Why does God want to fill your mouth when you open it? We're going to look at that today. Because I believe that if you say what God said for the same reasons that God said it, then you have what God has said and creation will obey you as if God said it himself. Now, we got to catch hold of this because it's so critical uh, that, we, that we do catch hold of this because one of the most repeated passages in the Bible is the phrase, it came to pass. It came to pass. And that phrase, it came to pass, is a beautiful phrase. It is a transitional uh, uh, phrase. And what it is uh, literally talking about, it is that something that has been is being transitioned. Well, something that is occurring is being transitioned to something that will occur. And so he talks about it came to pass. It came to pass. And, and so what a beautiful picture of that. And I believe that we can look at that in Genesis chapter 40 because uh, uh, Genesis 40, it's a beautiful picture of Joseph. The Bible tells us that Joseph is in prison. And as he's in prison, he, uh, uh, it seems like everyone has forgotten about him. And his condition that he's experiencing at the moment will always be his condition. But uh, the Bible says that it came to pass that Pharaoh had a dream. And, and, and when it came to pass that Pharaoh had a dream, it was the timing of God to let Joseph know that the prison was not his permanent residence because he, God had made him a promise. And so the prison had to come to pass because the promise had to come to pass. And, and you've got to see this, that one of the things that God does is that when God wants to get something into the earth, he will speak it to a believer first. And if the believer does not act upon it, then God will still get it into the earth with, with someone who may not believe on him and in him. And why? is because his word does not return void, but it accomplishes what he sent it to do. So God will speak that word, and if you won't grab it, what he's saying about your assignment, then what happens is that he uses someone else until somebody comes along that's ready to fulfill what it is that he has said. And that's why he says that the wealth of the wicked shall be transformed 
referred to the righteous. Why? Why is it that God moved the children of Israel? He was telling them that I've got you a promised land in Genesis 12. I want you to go there. When they came out and they stayed in the wilderness because they would not obey him or align with him, then they, they, they died off and God had to raise somebody else up. And as they began to take the promised land, God said that, you know what, I want to let you know that I have not moved all your enemies out of the promised land. Because if I drove them out at one time, there would not be anyone to take care of the land. Therefore, I've left them in there so that they can take care of what I've already promised to you. Isn't it good to know that there's somebody taking care of what God's promised to you? And when, and when you walk into that, it comes to pass. When you walk into that, then you begin to receive it. But it comes when you are aligned and you've made arrangements and prepared yourself for what God has already prepared for you. And so when we see Joseph, we see Joseph in this prison, but the prison had to come, prison had to come to pass. Why? It's because the promise had to come to pass. And you know what? You may be experiencing something in your life. You may, you may be experiencing some challenges. You've been dealing with them for years, for weeks, for months. Whatever that time frame is, God has made you a promise. Therefore, that condition has to come to pass because your promise has to come to pass. Now, I want to show you something, particularly in that uh, passage of Scripture. Haven't you noticed that, um, that, that, that Joseph, the very thing, the gift... Let's say it like this. The gift that got Joseph in trouble as a boy is the gift that got him promoted as a man. See, don't give up on what, that gifting that God has given you. Why? It's because remember what God has said, that there's new relationships and partnerships that's coming into your life that will begin to sow into uh, your, your kingdom assignment. But what's more important, those financial provisions, that there are people that are going to begin to uh, sow into your giftings, your talents, your resources that you've used in the past how you served God in the past, this, you're moving into a, a time of great harvest. Now, you might as well get ready for it because it's coming, and if you're not ready for it, it's still going to come. Hmm. I tell you, I'm getting everything that God has for me. And so uh, that's why this is so important. That's why my heart is really crying out so that you are prepared. Now, God has said that he has placed me as a shepherd to look over, and I'm sharing with you, but it is also your responsibility to receive what God is saying so that you and I together can come into alignment with what God desires to do. And so we see here that the prison had to come to pass. Why? It's because Joseph had a promise, and because the promise had to come to pass, his situation and condition had to come to, to pass all so, now, let me give you one other story, and it's in 2 Kings chapter 4, and it's about the woman, the Shunammite woman, and uh, the Bible tells us that she lived in Shunam, and she lived on the border town of Issachar, and as she lived on the border town of Issachar, that we understand, according to uh, the word of God and, and biblical history, that these were people, it was a prophetic city, a prophetic town. The people in Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. And so the, the word Shunem means an uneven place. And, and so this woman is, is, is living in an uneven place. And, and what does it mean when it's an uneven place? That there are two things that may be happening at the same time. That uh, you may have uh, great successes 
But then also at the same time, you have great battles. See, Shunem is an example of uh, breakthroughs, but then at the same time, you have setbacks. It's like you take two steps forward and then you take one step backwards. And so it seems like that there's a breakthrough and then right after that breakthrough, there is a setback and it happens at the same time. That's Shunem. Shunem means that your faith is strong, but your money is weak. That's Shunem. You have two things that are happening at the very same time. And so here is this woman that's living on the border town of prophetic voices. And she sees the prophet of God, Elisha, going by uh, regularly, passing her house to uh, Issachar. And so she says to her husband, there's a man of God. Let's build a place for him. Her husband uh, comes into alignment with God, with her, and, and notices that I believe that she came into alignment with what God had for her. And when that happened, then now they built this house and they put a, a, built a room, rather, and they, put the, they had a place for the prophet. So she not only just wanted the revelation to pass her house, she wanted it to live in her house. She not only wanted to see it going by, she wanted it to be a part of her life. And so out of that, in 2 Kings chapter 4, it says it like this in verse 8. It says that now it happened one day. <laughs> Now it happened one day. We've been talking about times and, and God's in timing and God's in season. So God has something. Our lives are lived out in seasons, but they're lived out in phases. And so it says that it happened one day. Now what happened? The woman was so gracious to Elisha that Elisha said, you know, what can I give to you? She says, nothing, sir. I have what I need. And, but, but then he asked his servant, his servant said, well, she doesn't have a child. So Elisha says, the Bible says, now it happened one day. Look at this, one day. Oh my God, all it takes is one day. All it takes is one service. All it takes is one word. Glory to God. You see how significant it is not, not to just go with what's comfortable, but go with what God is saying. And sometimes it may be a stretch and sometimes it may be uncomfortable, but you need, all you need is one day, one day, one word, one person, one voice, one day. That's it. So it says that it happened one day. And then now notice what happens in, in verse 16, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16. It says it like this. And he said, come on, let's read that together. Let's read it like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. And he said about this season. Wait a minute. He said that one day. One day he said it. And then he, oh, let's just go on and start reading it from the top. Let's read it again from the top now. And he said about this season According to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. Now, it happened one day. And one day, he opened his mouth and God filled it with prophetic words. And he said about this season, according to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. You shall embrace a son. When? According to the time of life. Well, about what time? It's about, in, it's about the season. So he began to speak to, to her, and then notice in verse 17 what it says. 
It says that, and the woman conceived and bare a son at that season. And you know what? It happened one day. It happened when he began to speak that same day. And he said that according to the season, about the season, according to the time of life, you're going to embrace a son. And you know what? It was at that moment that what he said, creation began to cooperate with the words that was coming out of his mouth. And then now his prophetic voice put a natural uh, uh, birthing into process. And then now what he said, she was able to see. Why? The obedience of one man, the alignment of one woman who moved from words to conception to birth. Look, you may be in the conception stage right now where you're already carrying a promise from God. Just haven't given birth to it. I believe that there's a prophetic time that God's going to speak something and all of a sudden you're going to hear it. Do you know what? The baby is going to jump in your womb. That dream is going to jump and you're going to know that now this is the time and this is the season. Now, I want to share something with you because it's so critical that serving God in the Old Testament, as we look at this, serving him in the Old Testament was really a promise of going to heaven. But although they didn't serve God to go to heaven, they served God to bring heaven to earth. And we recognize then that creation really tells us something about God. It tells us something about God in a very, very powerful way because what God does is he creates one thing and he creates that thing to be aligned with another thing that he's created. And when God creates one thing to be in alignment with the other thing that he has created, it's for a purpose. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so he, he expected heaven and earth to be in alignment with one another. It says that uh, God created the day and the night. He created them to be in alignment for, with one another so something else would happen. It tells us that God created seed time and harvest. He created them to be in alignment with one another because what happens at seed times determine the harvest. So, so, so God created the heaven and the earth. What happens on, in heaven, he desires to get to the earth. What happens on earth determines if heaven comes. And so God's whole purpose was to uh, create the things that he created so that they could be in alignment with one another. And so it is the responsibility of the earth to be properly in align with heaven. And it is the responsibility of us to be properly aligned with God. And when that alignment takes place, the beauty and the purpose for which he created something, we began to see because creation will begin to respond to that alignment. Uh, let me give you an example here. God created the sun and he created uh, the moon. And the sun is aligned, S-U-N, sun. And the purpose of the moon is to reflect the light that comes from the sun. So that in the nighttime, we still have light. But it is different than the light that's in the daytime. Because the moon, if you go and research that, the moon has no energy itself. It's a dead rock. And, and, and what happens, though, is that the moon gets its energy from the sun. 
And that's why we see at various times like a full moon, a quarter moon. Quarter moon simply means that it is in, it's a quarter in the beginning or the quarter in the end of getting its energy. A full moon means that there is nothing obstructing mm, the, the energy from the sun coming to the moon. But God created it like that. And, and, and when we look at that, then we recognize then that as long as you can see the moon, because the moon does not have light or energy itself, it only reflects the light of the sun. As long as you can see the moon, you know that there is a sun there somewhere and it's coming back up again. And that's what God expects of our relationship with him. We are to reflect him in the earth. And as we are aligned, then now when others see us supernaturally, it is as if they are seeing God working on the earth and heaven has come to earth. Look, it's just how my God wants us to go beyond what's natural to living what's supernatural. Supernatural promotions, supernatural positioning, supernatural debt being uh, uh, destroyed, supernatural provisions come. That's what God desires for his people. Why? Because it gives a testimony of him. It gives a witness of him. And that's why God gives you something that you can't do yourself. Why? Because if you could do it yourself, there would be no testimony. Look, it's, look what I have done in my own power. But no, when the children of Israel began to come out, that Miriam began to write the first praise song that we see written in the Bible, that, 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 that look what the Lord has done. And, and, and as that song, oh my God, isn't that a powerful testimony? Look what the Lord has done. Because it's not by your might, not by your power, but it's by what? His spirit. And so we began to rejoice. We began to praise because of what he has done. That supernatural promotions and positioning. And so um, we as uh, men and women are supposed to reflect God in the earth. And because we are to reflect God in the earth, then now when we open our mouths and he feels it, then we begin to see and the, the, the creation respond to us just like it responded to him. Jesus came to the earth and he spoke to a tree and it dried up. Creation responded to his words. Jesus came and his, and his followers were in a storm and he woke up and he said, be still, peace. And the wind and the waves obeyed him. Creation obeyed him. Oh my gosh. And so when we began to look at that, then we began to, to recognize here that the wind, oh my God, and, and as these wind, the wind and the waves and the trees, creation obeyed him because all of cre God's creators are creatures, us, in right relationship with him, all human beings that are in right relationship with him, that creation should respond to the creature and how it happens by what we say in our mouths. Because when we say what we say, because God has said it, and we say it for the same reasons that God said it, we have the same purpose and the outcome as if God said it himself. And in this year of the mouth, you have got to begin to be careful what you say, what you speak. Because as we get into alignment with him, we reflect his power. 
I've given you the power to tread over scarpins and serpents and over all the power. We reflect his power, and by reflecting his power, we have his words. And as we speak his words, we see the effect of his power because creation starts responding to us, the creature. And that's what God always expected to happen.